Welcome to Passion Life Church. I don't know about you, but this year for me, 2020, just feel like it is flown by. Like we were um, putting up our Christmas tree in the beginning of December, and I told my wife, I was like, didn't we just do this like yesterday? I felt like it, it just, anybody else feel like that? Like this year has just kind of flown by, and that we were, we were putting it up, and I'm like, we just took it down like yesterday. It was, it was so interesting, but you know, I think that what happens is we can actually, because life gets so busy, things and time just flies by. I was on the phone yesterday with someone and we were just talking and as we were talking I was like yeah we set up yesterday for church and you know tomorrow's Christmas Eve and they're like what tomorrow's Christmas Eve and I'm like yeah tomorrow's Christmas Eve and Monday is Christmas they're like oh man and I know this person they're they're good they're, they're good friends of mine and they've done their shopping and all that but I'm just saying that time can just get away from you where you just even really forget what these moments are really supposed to be for we can go to parties and all of those things and celebrate, but I think if we don't really understand God's intent for what these moments are really supposed to be about, here's my concern, is that Christmas can come and go, and then our lives are exactly the way they were before Christmas. See, the truth is, is that in the first Christmas, when you read about it, it wasn't just a celebration of a birthday party. To be honest with you, it wasn't so silent night for Mary and Joseph. But let me just say this, Christmas for the first people who experienced Jesus, it was actually a life transforming moment. It was actually something that transformed their life. And I don't want to come into a Christmas season and then have it go and then my life just go back to the way it was. See, Christmas is supposed to really have an impact on you. And for us as Christians and believers, we actually believe that we can live out this joy and this peace throughout the whole year. It's not just a one day on Christmas, but it's actually that the joy that Jesus brings, the peace that Jesus brings in our lives. Does anybody agree with that? And, but my concern is that sometimes in this Christmas season, what can happen is there can be times of celebration and, and it's great because those times of celebration can give us a break from the norm, from, you know, from life. And, and then, but then for others, this time and this season of Christmas is actually an additional pressure on our lives. For some of us, you just, man, this, this Christmas season, maybe it's a little harder than it was last year. You're, you're, you're not in the same place. And so there's an additional pressure of what's going on right now. And that's why this morning for the few moments that I have with you, I want to talk about awakening the wonder again in your life. I want to talk about awakening the wonder because the truth of the matter is the first Christmas was full of miracles. And what I'm about to share with you has really helped me, especially in this season, because this should be a season of miracles that our expectations actually come alive because our Savior has come to earth. And he's willing to save us. And listen, I don't want to demean or any way take away from our Savior. He is our Savior. But let me just tell you this. Jesus also brought the miraculous power of God. There's nothing about the Christmas story that isn't miraculous. And so Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says this. He says, for unto us a child is born. I want you to think about this for a minute. That is very personal. He says, for unto us a child is born. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's for you. 
And then he says, unto us, a son is given. Watch this, listen. And the government will be on his shoulders. Why is that important? Because the weight of the world doesn't have to be on my shoulders. It actually can be on his shoulders. But sometimes we're like that. Have you seen that picture of Atlas where he's got the world on his shoulders? You're not supposed to meant to live like that. So Isaiah wants to encourage you today to say, you don't have to live with the weight of the world on your shoulders. Now, here's the cool thing about we live in a free country so you can make your own decisions. If you want to live with the weight of the world on your shoulders, you actually can. And many of you today, that's the pressure. But we have great news that Isaiah says the government will be on his shoulders. You know what I've learned about God? His shoulders are a lot bigger than mine. I got some big shoulders, but his are a lot more powerful, a lot more stable than mine are. For unto us a child is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Listen, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Luke then says in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, he says, listen again, here's, this is personal. For there is born to you, to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You know, during this time, Christmas, it should be a, a vivid reminder of the depth of God's love for humanity, his depth of love for people. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The motive of God sending his son wasn't to judge you but was to love you. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the next verse says God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through him that they might be saved. Save you from what though? You know what I've learned? Part of this salvation is to save me from me. You know who's Phil's biggest enemy is the enemy in me. I know some of you are too spiritual to be honest today on this, on this Christmas Eve, right? And you want, I know, I know, because for some of you haven't been here in a while, so you, you know, you got all dressed up and stuff. And so you don't want to let everybody know that you got real stuff going on. Come on, somebody, right? Am I the only one? Y'all looking at me like you're Snow White. Come on, somebody. And I'm thankful that he saved me from me. And it's not even, we can, we can talk about the devil, we can talk about the world, but I'm just talking about Phil Valdez. I know Phil Valdez, and you would not want to know Phil Valdez B.C. before Christ, because he wasn't a nice guy. But because of his great love for me, he sent his son not to condemn me, but to love me. And that's what I need. I needed to be loved. And some of you, no matter what you're going through today, you need to know something. God loves you unconditionally. That's why he sent his son. Listen, I'm talking to you because it says unto you, unto me, not just a church, not just a building, not a group of people, personally you, that he loves you that he cares for you. God literally gave humanity the greatest gift he would ever give. He gave the gift of himself to you. This is what's crazy because I think that would be awesome if you actually had people, everyone in the world that would accept the gift, but he gave even though some would reject that very gift. 
because of his love. He gave us the present of his very presence to the world and a world that needed him. I, I think the smartest day of my life was the day that I realized I really needed God. That I was not God of my life. I was not king of my life, but I needed help. Anybody else need some help? Let, let, let me see your hands. All right. Okay. If someone didn't raise their hand, just turn to them and say, don't lie in church. Come on real quick. Because you need help raising your hand today. I will help you because there's no, the Bible says there's no, not one that isn't sinful. We've all fallen short. Can I hear a good amen today? And if you ever go to a church where the pastor doesn't say that you need to get out of that church because I may have a pulpit in front of me, but I'm not perfect. Uh Oh, some of you are like, man, I don't know if I should leave. No, you know what? The reality of it is I'm honest that I, that was the best day of my life that to realize I need his grace. I need to be loved. I got areas in my life that was hurting me and I'm thankful for Jesus sending his son. Can I hear a good amen today? But I'll tell you the motive of it all was love, but it didn't stop there. That night when Mary and Joseph brought the Savior into the world. It was a miraculous night. It was a powerful night. Listen to the names that Isaiah would prophesy his name would be called wonderful. You know, in the literal Hebrew, this word means miracle. It means miraculous. Listen, it means extraordinary. This is the definition I like the most. To go beyond one's own power. To be too difficult to do. Have you ever had somebody or had a conversation with somebody? Maybe you have said this. They've said this. I've done everything in my power I could do. And here's the good news. You do everything in your power to do it, but you don't have to be stuck there because there is a power that is greater than our own. And the Bible says that that's his name, wonderful. It's not a coincidence that every one of these names that he would give, Isaiah would give, would actually be part of his character and aspects that humanity would need. His name is wonderful. And I wonder today how many of you need a miracle in your life. I wonder how many of you need a miracle in your physical body. You actually need healing because when Jesus came, he not only brought the love of the father, but he actually brought the healing power of God. I wonder how many of you today, you would say, Phil, my finances aren't what they need to be. And I need provision in my life. You know, Jesus came not just to love you and to heal you, but actually to provide for you as well. That's what a shepherd does. A good shepherd provides for his sheep. I wonder how many of you today would say some of my relationships just aren't where they need to be. Well, you know what? God is our example because Jesus, when he grew up and had his ministry on the cross, he said this. He said, you know, forgive them for they know not what they do. He brings forgiveness and God forgives you. And when you are forgiven, you can forgive others and we can have reconciliation in relationships because of Jesus. Wonderful counselor. This means your advisor, your guide. This means Jesus can be your life coach. For some of you that are like, man, this is like above my head. Jesus, you have a full-time advisor with you. Now, whether you listen to him, that's a message for another time. But you have, he wants to be your counselor. Listen to this, mighty God. It means one who prevails in strength and power. Listen, my friend, we have no wimpy God. We have no dead God. We have a God who is alive and he prevails in, in power and he wins every battle that he fights. 
mama didn't raise no fool. So if he wins in every battle, it'd be good that he'd be on my side. That's why he says God is for you. And when God is for you, nobody can be against you. Listen, I don't care if none of you are for me. If God is for me, I will win. That's why some of you are looking around going, man, I I wish there was more people. You don't need anybody but God in your life. And when he is in your life, you will win. Come on, can I say here a good amen today? Somebody say that with me. Say mighty God. And then everlasting father means forever. Continuing in your future. He's always continuous. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. And I love this one, Prince of Peace. Listen to this. Listen to this Hebrew definition. It means the chief ruler. Prince means the chief ruler. The definition of peace. How many of you could use some peace today in our world? The, the, the definition of peace means completeness, soundness, tranquility. It actually, when you look into deeper uh, meanings of the word uh, peace, it actually means shalom. That means health, welfare, and every type of good. And here's, here's the key though. If you need peace, why not go to the chief? Instead of looking all around, this is what we do. We try to fill our lives with certain things that will grant us moments of peace. But have you ever had a problem at a company and you're talking to the employee and you go, hey, you know what? I need to speak to the manager right now because you know that that employee doesn't have the authority to make the things right. So you say, I want to talk to the manager, the person, the person in chief, right? That's what I'm saying today. Instead of doing all these other things, why not just go to Jesus who says, I am the chief. I am the prince of peace. But I think what happens is we look around the world and we say, well, Pastor Phil, the world is not at peace. It's not. But that's why it was declared peace on earth. Well, Pastor Phil, there's no peace on earth right now. There's wars. That's right. But you know what he does? He came to give us peace. So in a world that is chaotic, you have the peace to live in a chaotic world. There was a story as Jesus grew up and started his ministry that he was in the boat and they were crossing over the Sea of Galilee with the disciples and the storms started to rise. The waves started to rise. I don't know if you've ever been in a storm in your life. I've been in in, in a couple, like literally tornadoes and stuff. When I lived in Dallas, we were in uh, our our Bible college there and they woke us up at three o'clock in the morning. They came and they woke us up. How many know Jesus isn't even up at 3 a.m.? And they're like, come on, man, get up. Well, what's going on? What's going on? My hair's all sticking up. And we went all the way down. We've got to get in the lobby. There's two tornadoes coming directly for the Bible college. So I got on the phone. I told my mom, hey, pray. I love you. I want you to know that, that I love you. Have you ever been in a storm? Maybe you're in an emotional storm right now, financial storm. Jesus was in a storm with his disciples and the storm was raging. They were so afraid that they woke him up and they said, don't you even care about us? Jesus gets up and speaks and he says, peace be still to the storm. You know what it tells me? When the chief prince of peace is in your boat, you can be in the storm, but the storm doesn't have to be in you. See, everything can be going cray-cray on the side of my life here and there. But what is in me, I have the prince of peace because peace is not the absence of trouble. It's actually the presence of God in your life. And if you hold on to that, you can have peace when everybody else is in the storm. I think one of the things about Christmas that people don't realize, and I think we should realize, is that during the first Christmas, when this all happened, it was a very dark time. It was a very dark time. As a matter of fact, God's people were in 
uh, being oppressed by the Roman government. And I think this is important for you to hear. Because what Isaiah was saying, his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He was prophesying into the future. And I think that's important because right now you may be sitting here going, well, man, those names are really good. I wish that was to me. When is that going to happen? Well, he's saying that to you today so you can have an expectant future of who he was and who he is and who he always will be. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But Isaiah spoke these names of God 700 years before Jesus was even born. My church family and my friends, I don't think it was a coincidence that the miraculous power of God and all his wonders happened at the darkest time. You know why? That's when we need it. That's when we need it. God always has perfect timing. He has perfect timing so you and I can call on these names. He's given them to you, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. You have to make that personal. But I thought it was interesting that God shines the brightest light in darkness. I don't know if you've ever had some dark times in your life. I had some very dark times in my life. Went through a, a divorce. How many of you know when your parents go through a divorce, you as a child go through a divorce? My father was my pastor, and um, him and my mom didn't get along. Had a, a bunch of things happen, and so ripped us apart, ripped the church apart. I went into a, a dark depression, a lot of things. I've been in dark places. I don't know, have you ever had, or maybe today you're in a dark place. Can I just highlight some things? I think it's, it's important that we understand what happens in these dark places. Let me just give you kind of like four stages. Number one, in the darkness, we can become disoriented to, to where we're supposed to go, and, and, we, 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 we don't, and we lose a sense of direction. You know, John chapter 12, verse 35 says, the man who walks in the dark does not know where he's going. And because we're disoriented in the dark, we, we lose vision. And that causes confusion in our life. And, you know, confusion can always cause fear. Here's what else happens is that we can get disappointed. You know, the definition of disappointment is a missed appointment. I wonder how many of you today were coming to the end of 2023 and you feel like you're not where you need to be. I wonder how many of you today, maybe you're single, you thought you'd be married by now. You thought things would happen by now. So there was an appointment that you thought that you would make, but you know what? You didn't make the appointment. And so disappointment has set in and it happens in the dark. Another thing that happens and it's the next stage is that we can become distressed it just seems like stress and pressure are maximized in the dark because there's so many things out of our control. You know what I was telling somebody? If you listen to the news, I don't listen to it a lot, but I'm telling you, and I'm not here to, to say gloom and doom. I'm not here prophesying to you anything. I'm just telling you what the news is saying, that 2024 is not going to be a good year. But here's when they say that, I'm thinking about for who, right? Because as a child of God, I have God on my side. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. I have a provider. It doesn't matter what gas prices are at. I have a provider. It doesn't matter what type of diseases are out. I have a healer, right? I have a healer, but it's so easy to become pressured and distressed. And then what can happen is we literally become depressed or we say, I need to find a way out of this. I can't make it anymore. 
I'll tell you something about the holidays is it can really highlight your pain. It can really highlight where you're at. And I've talked to people even that in this time, they're like, maybe it's just better that I just check out for good. You know, Jeremiah wrote in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 19, he said, the thought of my pain is bitter poison. I thought of it constantly and my spirit was depressed. I read that to you today because even people in the Bible had things that they, go, they went through, but many of, they, many of them know and knew who to turn to when they were going what they when they were going through what they went through. And today, my church family, Jesus isn't just the savior of our sins. He's always the savior, especially in dark times. Can I hear a good amen today? Yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. He's good. And I want to say this because in the darkest time when Jesus came, here's what he did. He brought light. It's, it's not a coincidence that during this time of the year when it's dark, we put up our Christmas lights because we love light. I love light. My wife always, like, every time she sees a light, she's like, Dad's going to go over there. And it's true. I just gravitate towards light. The other night, we were driving on Marietta Hot Springs, and I guess there was like a, a Christmas uh, tree uh, sale, and they had all, I mean, tons of lights. There was no trees. I guess they sold out. But I was driving by, and I was like, hey, do you mind if we just go park under there for a while, and I'm just going to get a coffee and just look at the lights? And just like, wow. And she's like, you would do that. I would, because I love light. And maybe it's because I hate darkness. But I want to tell you something. Darkness is not the opposite of light. Darkness is actually the absence of light. And in the darkest time, Jesus brings light. This is important. Because you need light. Let me say it this way. You need illumination in your life. Some of the things that are stressing us right now is because we can't see on the other side. But yet he brings light. Jesus said this, and it gets me excited. He said, I'm the light of the world. I don't need three AAA batteries in me and click it on, and then I blink like Christmas lights. I'm the light of the world, and I never lose light. That's good. I'm glad you gave me like a little, a little golf clap. That's cool because it ain't for me. It's for him. If you think he deserves a little golf clap, good for you. I don't even play golf, so whatever. But I said, he's the light of the world. Think of it for a minute because this next part is even more awesome. Because this is what he says, I'm the light of the world. Watch this. And those that follow me will not walk in darkness. That's cool, because I think when you think darkness, you automatically think like afraid of the dark. But in the Greek language, which the New Testament was written in, listen to this. Darkness actually is translated ignorance. So as a person, he's not only the light of the world, but listen, this is important. He promises to bring illumination to your ignorance, and it's actually ignorance of divine things. What's divine things? Can I tell you one thing that's divine? Is joy. Joy is divine. It's actually the presence of God in you that is so stable that it actually makes you happy. It's not just happiness, but it's joy. 
And it's amazing to me because God's presence is all about light. Second Samuel twenty two twenty nine 29 says, you, O Lord, are my light. You dispel the darkness. And whatever you're facing, whatever you can't see, here's what Jesus does. He brings his illumination. He brings his light. Why? So you don't have to walk in darkness. So you don't have to walk in ignorance of the future. You don't have to be afraid. I'm too dressed up to be crazy today, but I'm excited because, can I say it in Phil Valdez translation? We don't have to be dumb. We don't have to be ignorant to our future because we have the light of the world who illuminates for us. Come on, somebody. First John 1, 5, God is light. There is no darkness in him. And whatever you're facing right now, here's what you need. You need the light of Christmas, which is Jesus. And here's my prayer. I pray that you would know the light and the life of Jesus. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But this is what he also said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. My friend, I want you to look at me for a minute. I've done everything that everybody told me to do. I drank. I partied. I did everything. Everything that people said was life. And you know what? I came up short and I came up empty. And here's what I want to tell you. You will never know what true, amazing life is until you know our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I don't know what you believe about Christmas, but I want to tell you, Christmas shows us that light has come. Look at me. The situation that you're facing, light is coming to you. We're not going to stay in the dark anymore. And I receive that light. And God today, I believe, wants to awaken the wonder in you. And today, in the short moments that we have as I close, I believe God doesn't want us just to celebrate Christmas. I believe he wants you really to experience it. Like the first people who experienced it, their lives were so transformed. I believe that God does this every time. I look forward to Christmas, not just because of all that, but the miracle power that's available at the time that it happened to me is always special. So it's a special time for miracles. I always pray and I start praying, Lord, Lord, I just thank you for special Christmas miracles of your son at this time. I put my faith in that. And I believe that God wants to awaken the wonder in you. Some of you've lost that. Some of you are just going day to day. Some of you are in the grind all the time. And I don't mean to rhyme. Sorry about that. That was, that was bad. The grind and the, you've lost the awe of life. And can I just give you three ways that I think God wants to awaken the wonder in your life? Here's number one. We got to change our mindset. We've got to expect wonder. You know, Jesus does wonderful things. His love is wonderful, wonderful. It's limitless love. It's break down your barrier. Jesus is marvelous. He's astounding. He's unusually good. He's altogether different and extraordinary. And here's what's amazing to me. Jesus is wonderful even when life is not wonderful. Jesus is wonderful even when I'm not wonderful. He's still wonderful to me. He's still faithful even when I'm faithless. He's full of wonder. He causes wonder. He causes astonished, 
astonishing, unexpected things, beyond normal things to happen, unusual, miraculous things that seem impossible. And for those of you today, I don't take this, this, this moment lightly because I know that there are some of you here today, you came, maybe you just came to hear some kids sing, but I'm telling you, light is coming to your life today. Because I know that there's some of you that are really facing some tough things today. I get it. I got it. And for those of you who feel like you're losing a grip on your life and drained of hope and the joy for the future, I want to tell you there's a wonderful peace that God can give you that nothing can give you except him. And if you're facing crisis today, light is coming to you. And it is possible to step out of the darkness. And here's what I know, because I read the Bible and because I see it, is that we can expect God to be who he is. Listen, and to keep his promises. Isaiah spoke this 700 years before Jesus was born. And what Isaiah spoke happened. You could call that a coincidence, my friends. But listen to me today. There were over 351 prophecies that were spoken about Jesus' life. That when he was born and lived his life, died and rose from the dead, all 351 came to pass. And there were a lot of people that spoke that that were not even in his lifetime. Why am I saying that to you? I'm saying that to you because God keeps his promises. He keeps his promises. But to expect the miraculous, it takes faith. It takes faith. Do you know that um, the Bible says this, that now faith is the substance of things hoped for? Hoped for is expectation. Let me ask you a question. This is key. What are you expecting in this next year? Are you expecting 2024 to be exactly like 2023? Some of you may be even expecting it to be worse. You know, I had a great year through 2023. God has been good to me. And even though he's been good, I'm expecting more in 2024. I'm expecting that he's going to do exceedingly abundantly more than I can even ask, think, or imagine. And 2023 was great. I'm grateful for it. But I know that God can outdo himself in our lives in 2024. But here, you got to expect the wonder. you got to expect God to be good in, in your life. Can I hear a good amen today? It starts with hope and expectation, but faith says I'm going to begin to live like he's good. You know, one of the ways that I keep the wonder awakening in me is this. Number two, I constantly remember the wonder that he's done in my life. First Chronicles 16, 12 says, remember the wonders. Everybody say remember. I wonder if God's done anything in your life. I wonder if you ever look back and go, Man, there were some miracles. Can I tell you something? Whether you believe it or not, there's been miracles in your life. Number one, you're still here. That's a miracle. Can I hear a good amen? COVID didn't get you. COVID didn't take you out. On COVID. You survived. Can I hear a good amen? Some of you are looking around. I'm a little confused. You don't know if you're still here or what you're going Come on, say, I'm here. Tell your neighbor, say, you're still here. You're still here. You're still here. Come on, tell your, tell your neighbor this. You made it. Come on, say, you won. And that's a miracle. You know what's funny is I remind myself that. Whenever I'm going through a hard time, I'm like, I made it through COVID. If I can make it through COVID, I can make it through anything. Is anybody here? Did you come to the right church today? Remember the wonder. 
I know, and you think it's funny, you're like, but I, we had, my family had COVID, we had it for almost two months, and we had to go, I was in the hospital, I went, there was a ton of stuff happened, but I came to tell you that God is good, and he's healed my body, can I hear, and COVID didn't win, one person's happy back there, thank you, I wonder how many times God has come through, and we just forget, we just forget how good that literally today you woke up this morning and it's another day. Everything may not be all cool and everything, but I'll tell you what, you got up. You got up. There was life. Come on, I had some coffee this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We call it anointing juice here at, at Passion Life Church. You have children. I don't, maybe I shouldn't have brought that one up, so I don't know. How many of you today have at least one person who loves you? Let me see your hand. You have at least one person. I'm not talking about your pets. Come on, somebody. How many of you love at least one person? I want you to remember the wonder. And you know, here's the great news. God's not through with you yet. Because if he did it before, he can do it again. Can I hear a good amen today? And here's the last one, because I think this one to me is just what he's done, is God wants you to be a wonder. He changes you, and he makes your life wonderful, not just for you, but he actually wants you to be a wonder to somebody else. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Those that follow me will not live in darkness. Watch this. Because this to me was amazing. Then he turns to us and he says, you're the light of the world. What? Because when light comes in you, it's supposed to flow out of you in a wondrous way. And what God wants to do is not just heal you, not just make your life amazing, but he wants to actually use your life to be a wonder for somebody else. You know, yesterday when we were setting up, we came into this room and it was dark there was a volunteer behind me and just like that you know I took out my phone and I turned on the light and we began to walk and uh, I wasn't even to be honest I wasn't so concerned about me I was concerned about the person that was behind me it was just like that why am I telling you that because a lot of Christians right now are criticizing the world but can I just encourage you the world's not going to get better if we keep hiding our light we are the light of the world. The Bible says, this is what Jesus said. He said, Jesus, right, in you is the hope of glory to a dying world. And I'm going to say this and then I want to pray. Because a lot of you, you don't understand, you don't know me. But I'm always amazed by this. I'm amazed today by standing up here in front of you. Because this is what I never thought I was going to do. I was going to be in a rock band and we were going to tour the world. It was called the War Club. And I was going to be a rock star, and that was it. Come on, how many of you had those, those dreams of, of what? I was not going to be a pastor. I said, I will not work on Sundays, and I will never wear suits. Come on, somebody. You know what I've learned? Never say never to God. Because at 19 years old, when I got down on my knees, did everything that everybody told me to do. I prayed because I was ready to commit suicide. You know why? I was living in darkness. I couldn't see this right here today. I thought my life was over. 
I thought there was nothing more to life. I was bored with it. And I said, God, if you're real, you gotta, you gotta talk to me right now. I'm gonna take my life, that's it. And I heard a voice. To be honest with you, I've always heard a voice. You're like, that's weird, a guy who hears voices. Oh, you hear him too. I would tell myself, nobody cares. And I would hear this voice, I care about you. I would say, nobody loves me. And I would hear this voice, I love you. And I kept denying the love of God. And I would say to my, I, nobody, I feel like nobody believes in me. And I'd always hear this voice, I believe in you. It was so annoying. And one night I remembered that voice when I said, if you're real, God, I need you to speak right now because I'm going to take my life. And guess what happened? He said, take your life. I said, what? He said, take your life, give it to me, and I'll give you a life back that you could never imagine. And can I tell you, my friends, he has done exactly that because he is light. I've been able to pastor for almost 30 years. Two years ago, I, I wrote a book. This last year, I wrote a book. And this is crazy to me. I still laugh. My wife took one of my books to work and gave it to two of her, her uh, co-workers. She came back to me the other day. And she said, Phil, one of them has taken your book. And she was telling me, it's funny, people are actually surprised. They're like, I, I really like this book. She told my wife, she said, we're, we took your husband's book and we're going chapter by chapter every night with our whole family. That baffles me. But it doesn't surprise me that God can make my life a wonder to somebody else and help bring light to other people. And that's what God wants to do for you today. I hope today's message wasn't just inspirational. I hope that it's transformational in your life today. I want to ask you right where you're at, will you just bow your heads and close your eyes today? Jesus came to bring light. One of the things that you may need to know today, and here's some illumination, God loves you, and you need him, my friend. You need him in, my, in your life. You need him in every day he wants to walk with you. He wants to do life with you. He wants to be your counselor. He wants to be your mighty God. But he doesn't just break into people's hearts. He comes when people will receive him. He comes when people will have faith to say, I'm going to expect you, God, to be who you are. And today, I want to give you this invitation to invite this incredible Jesus into your heart, the one we celebrate. Because my friend, if you were to leave here and just celebrate and not experience the Savior, I think you would just go back to the way life was. But I'm saying today, with Jesus coming into your heart, you will never be the same in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and maybe you couldn't make it to today's service and you're watching on live, on, online. We're live every Sunday, 10 o'clock on YouTube. And if you're watching, listen, I want you to know that Jesus loves you and he wants to come inside your heart. He wants to save you of your sins. He wants you to experience his love. And so if you would, if you're watching online, would you just bow your head? I want to say a prayer. And if today, this Christmas, you would say, Jesus, I want to experience the Jesus of Christmas. I want him to come inside my heart. I want him to be my wonderful, my counselor, 
my mighty God. I want him to be my Prince of Peace, my everlasting Father. I want you to repeat after me today. It's very simple. Passion Life Church, I'm going to ask all of us to pray this prayer so those that are praying it for the very first time, that they wouldn't feel like they're alone. Jesus died for your sins so you could be forgiven, so that one day when you do close your eyes, the last time here on earth, you can then open them up in heaven and see your heavenly Father because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way to the Father. And because of his sacrifice, you and I can be forgiven, can be made whole, and we can walk in the wonder that God has for our life. Oh yeah, the world may seem like it's not changing. No, but you've changed. And watch what God will do. Would you pray with me today? Say this, say it loud. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. Father God, forgive me of all of my sins. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Be wonderful to me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give all of those who prayed this prayer. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.